We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Welcome to the Roto-Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Wednesday. It's October 6th. It's 2021. We're going to talk Thursday night football. We're going to talk some prize picks. And um, we had a couple questions come in over there on Twitter as well. I'm joined today by my good buddy, Chief Justice 06, Will Priester. What's happening, buddy? Nothing much, man. Doing good. I think everybody and their mom knows what I'm doing these days. Just hanging out in the, the streets of prize picks. Trying to uh, you know earn earn as much as I can, so uh, that's what I got going on, my friend. Uh, love that site, you know. I'm a Thrive Fantasy underdog. All, all the props, no props left behind. Like, let's get it in. Prize Picks is just you know one of my favorites, but you know I like what Thrive Fantasy has going on, you know, with their uh, GPP style props. And you can also this is something they may not know, Stevie. You can actually do traditional prop investing on thrive as well uh and their payout structure is a little bit different like you get 3.6x for for two out of two um you know and then i think it's god what's that is it 6.2 either way it's a little bit different but i still like it you know same thing with underdog 3x 6x 10x 20x 
I mean, look, you know, if, if you're in the props, you got to find ways to just keep edges. And that's what I, that's what I love. But prize picks is mostly where I'm at. I mean, you do, you got to do what you got to do. Um, yeah. I, uh, I mean, yeah, man, it's, it's a lot of fun. Also will um, each and every week over there on the NFL food for thought podcast, uh, kind of like a first look podcast for the upcoming week. As far as NFL goes, they have some fun. They talk some food. Um, I mean, they're just hanging out two dudes hanging out on a podcast. I mean, I mean, Will's a great guy. Luch is a good dude. Um, I mean, yeah, make sure you guys are checking that out. If you haven't checked it out, I got to listen to this week's episode. I kind of took Tuesday off. I don't ever do that. I mean, like I just took Tuesday off uh, morning grind off. We didn't have any premium work to work on. I didn't start prepping NASCAR. I don't do that until Wednesday. So, I mean, I just I kind of chilled on Tuesday. Will played some disc golf and um, spent some time with the family. I mean, it was uh, it was a good day. And um, I mean, watching the Red Sox game as we record this super nervous, um, almost want to just turn it off. So I don't um, get nervous. I mean, anyone that is a sports fan and your team like no DFS for me for baseball today. I purposely did not do a podcast for this slate because I, I knew if I did the research, I'd want to play. And I just wanted to enjoy the baseball game and just hope the Red Sox bring it home. Um, so we'll see what happens. I already told Will he's not allowed to talk about the score. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he uh, he laughed at me and he said, come on, man. <laughs> so, um, let's get into this football slate Thursday night football. We're going to talk uh, DraftKings because uh, that's what's up in front of us. FanDuel. I mean, FanDuel and DraftKings are different for me as far as showdown slates go. I mean, you're, you're playing a lot more quarterbacks on FanDuel than you are on DraftKings uh, because of the multipliers, but overall general thoughts are general thoughts. This is a first look for me. I'm doing my like deep dive into this game right now with you. Um, and um, I mean, this game sets up as a fun game, so let's get into it. We got the Rams and the Seahawks in this one, 54 and a half Rams, a two and a half point favorite. Um, I mean, this game projects as the highest projected implied total on the weekend um oh no the the chiefs went above it now the chiefs i think are up to 56 second highest my bad um (laughs) we'll start we'll do traditional morning grind and then maybe talk some roster construction afterwards we'll start here with the rams um i mean matthew stafford looks fantastic cooper cup i mean i guess we could kind of say it was a down week for Cooper Cup, he had 13 targets, only five catches. He didn't score two touchdowns, so I guess we got to call it a down week. What are we looking at here for the Rams, Will? Yeah, I, I'm not, you know, look, you know, we're, the jury's still out to me on Arizona, and I'm not saying I'm not a good team. That's not what this is about. This is saying, hey, you know, it's still early in the season, right? Guys have to get their mojo. I don't think the Rams are derailed from any championship aspirations, and Cooper Cup is still wide receiver one. Uh, so, you know, that, that that's really all I have to say about it. Not really worried. Um, Stevie, I think that the good thing is the targets didn't go anywhere. I mean, they, they literally went up for the most part. Uh, that's the most he's had all season, 13, 12, 12, 11, 10, and that's the order. So if you look in reverse, 10, 11, 12, 13, guess we're looking at 14 targets this week, Steve. He's gone up one target every game. Being facetious, bottom line is Cooper Cups should be – Still in double-digit targets this game. He's got to be one of the top plays uh, on the board, just period. Yeah, I mean, 
price wise, he's obviously the highest price on DraftKings. Um, so price wise, he's expensive. But I mean, he's definitely a potential like captain play, um, MVP play on FanDuel. I mean, he I think he's in play on both sides um, as like the top overall play. Um, I mean, I like Cup. Obviously, I like Stafford. Both of these guys are fantastic. Now, let's talk about the rest of these pieces here. Um, Henderson banged up. He's been dealing with this rib injury. I mean, they're going to keep him kind of limited here, I feel like, all week. Um, But I expect him to play. Seattle's allowed the second most fantasy points um, through the first four games to opposing running backs. So, I mean, Henderson, obviously, is someone that I'm looking at. If he were to sit... um, I mean, that opens up all the possibilities there. Um, I don't know if I really want to play Funk or Michelle, but I think they'd both be um, playable here. We saw a really good game from Van Jefferson. Um, Higby had some targets, just didn't you know convert into a touchdown. I mean, this offense looks good. Sean McVay is very happy that he has a guy like Stafford that can kind of throw the ball around. And, I mean, we're, we're looking at the first few games of the season, and we're looking at, Stafford chucking the football all over the field. Um, so, I mean, with this projected to be a high-scoring game and a, a game that should have good pace, I mean, the passing game is where I'm looking at here. Yeah, for sure. I, I definitely think with the Rams, it's the passing game. Um, and, and nothing against these these running backs like Henderson or uh, Sony Michelle, but, you know, Matthew Stafford, you know, in every game this season so far, uh, thrown the ball more than 25 times, which doesn't seem like much, but then you realize he had 321 passing yards in a game where he only threw it 26 times, right? And then he threw it 30 times in Indy for 278, 38 times against Tampa Bay, 41 times against Arizona. And of course, they were behind that game. And this game should be, you know, a back and forth affair. Both teams should be able to keep up for the most part with each other. I, I feel like this is a game where both teams can stay within 10 and, 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 and under, which means both teams should continue to keep their foot on the gas and stay aggressive. So uh, I, I, I just think Stafford and this offense, they're going to be, you know, in, in terms of this particular slate, like the ultimate plays. And you've got good receivers on the other side as well. Uh, some low-owned plays. I mean, Deshaun Jackson is going to get a couple long ball opportunities in this game. I mean, for that reason, I think, you know, you could definitely – potentially take some shots you're gonna have to see how this um higby situation um kind of shapes up Mundit's like a blocking tight end so i don't know if he would actually get more snaps or not um so i mean i think you look at the main pieces here from the rams um i don't think you overthink this one and then on the Seattle side, I mean, the big news here is Carson and Metcalf. Um, I mean, Metcalf dealing with a foot injury. Carson's dealing with a neck injury. It's a short week. I mean, if this is Sunday, we're probably not overly worried about these injuries. I mean, it's four games in the season. These guys are already banged up. I mean, it happens. It's the NFL. It's a fast-paced, hard-hitting um, sport. Talk to me about the Seahawks here, Will. Yeah, man, I mean – We've seen this with Chris Carson before where they had this carousel of running backs behind him. I think, you know, if, if, if Metcalf were to sit, then I know we're all going to flock to Tyler Lockett, right? And, and I definitely think that that's a, uh, 
a great idea, but I think Freddie Swain is going to start getting a whole lot of ownership if, if DK's out. And I, I mean, I think that's the right play. You know, he, he'll be chalky, but at 4,600, you know, you, you're probably going to end up with a guy that's going to get, I would say, if DK's out, maybe six targets in this game, Steve. I think that's reasonable. Around yeah, six. Yeah, it's super fair. Yeah, I mean, I six also targets. Think- I think it definitely depends on Everett too. He tested positive or negative on Monday, so he has a chance to play. So I think if he's out too, I mean that's something you got to watch. But yeah, I mean six. If Metcalf sits, I think six is super fair. Yeah, and I mean because yeah. Esridge is banged up too. Sorry, he has yeah, a yeah no, no worries. He has a no concussion. Worries. I highly doubt he'll be ready for Thursday. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, if you if Freddie Swain gets six targets, but if he turns into four catches for. 50 yards of a touchdown, like that's that's perfectly fine, you know. So I, I think he would be uh, a really big target, and then of course um, Russell Wilson. I think, especially if Chris Carson is really banged up, and you know, because he he didn't practice Tuesday. I mean, we're we're two days away, like you talked about. Uh, that's a big deal, you know. Metcalf was was limited, so I do feel like maybe Metcalf's probably closer to playing than. Carson with Carson not getting a practice in, uh, but either way, if if either of these guys are, are scratches, then that's going to really open it up for this team. But 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 I would absolutely be playing Russell Wilson if DK's out, like absolutely. Yeah, I mean Collins, I think would be the most interesting play. I think he'd be the the chalkiest play on the slate at thirty two hundred. Yeah. Um, I mean, if Carson ends up sitting, we're, you know, he's coming off of a game where he had a touchdown. He had 10 carries. Um, so, I mean, if Carson doesn't play, Collins is going to be massive chalk. And, I mean, he's going to be good chalk. He's so cheap that, I mean, you're going to have to get some exposure to him. So, I mean, the Seattle side, obviously, we love Wilson. Don't get me wrong. Like Lockett a lot as well. Um, you mentioned Swain. I mean, in tournaments, in these large field tournaments, when you just need – I mean, it feels like on showdown slates this year, it's just been like these random tight ends scoring touchdowns. But I mean, a guy like Penny Hart, if Metcalf sits, if Everett sits, I mean, this guy came back to practice. He's He looks like he's going to be a full go for Thursday. I mean, he's not going to play a ton, but if Metcalf's out, we could see this guy, you know, end up in like that 60% snap range if Metcalf sits, because I mean, they don't have a lot of other options. So Watch the news because Penny Hart's $200. Um, a lot of people will play Freddie Swine. Um, they'll play Lockett. But, I mean, take some shots on Penny Hart. He's 200 bucks. Like, yeah. you don't need a ton of production from that price. Like, one big catch and, like, it's all you need. Um, if Everett plays, I love him. I mean, revenge game. We saw Russell Wilson and him connect five times in week three. Didn't get to play last week because of COVID stuff. But, I mean... I mean, test pause or negative one more time, and I think he can play. So, I mean, there's a chance for him to play here. So, uh, roster construction, Will, I think this is one of those one rare instances where it's like we really have to wait an hour and a half before lineup lock because, I mean, we're going to need some inactives here to really know what we want. I still think that we're going to see a lot of 3-3 builds, so I'll probably do a lot of 4-2 builds. Probably won't do five one builds. Probably won't do five one builds. I think five one builds is tough um, with a game that's supposed to be so high scoring and close. And I think a lot of people will try to go three three. And I think this week is a really good week to get four two. 
and uh, just try to chase that ceiling. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. And what I will also say too, Steve, is I think like you talked about in terms of the, the, uh, the injury report, I definitely think it drives this build because, you know, if, you know, like we, t- we talked about if DK and uh, Carson were to happen to sit, which I don't think DK is going to sit because he had a limited practice, then the bill gets a little, in my opinion, a little more tricky because you could absolutely probably take a shot on a Swain or a Collins in the captain. And then now we can get all the other good players or, or a great deal of the good players that we like. So I think that's a, that's a, a big deal on this build. Um, so if, if I was everybody, I, w- I would wait and see. I, is it okay if I maybe take them through like a, a let's just say DK's in type build and then a, a build where he's probably out? Of course, dude. I mean, it's we're, 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 we got one game to talk about. <laughs> Can I do? Yeah. You give them all the goods, Will. Give them all the goods. Yeah. I, I definitely think if DK is out, and you might think in your head that this is going to be popular, but I'm telling you right now, it won't be as popular because people will have one less uh, expensive guy to play. I think Cooper Cup will probably be, even though he's the most expensive, one of the more popular guys. I absolutely think if DK were out, I'm thinking Freddie Swain captain, like all the way uh, for me, because that allows me to get him Cup. I can get Wilson uh, or Wilson or, uh, or Stafford. Uh, one of the two, I don't think I can get both and I can get. So if I took Wilson, I'd probably take Swain, Wilson, Lockett, Collins or something like that. If, if uh, Carson was out and I'd run it back with maybe a, uh, and this would be leaving money on the table, but I'd probably run it back with like Van Jefferson or Deshaun Jackson or the kicker or something like that. Um, and I, I'd be leaving some money on the table, but I would be okay with that. That's a four, two bill or, or what you could do if you want to get up a little bit more, still have the same four, two build. And, um, and uh, geez, what's the guy's name? Chris Carson is out. I could run Collins in the captain, which, which seems counterproductive, but he's so much cheaper. I could run him in the captain and, uh, and then still kind of, kind of bump up a little bit and get some, get some of these other guys in there. So that's kind of uh, the approach I would take with that type bill. Yep. Absolutely. What I'd be doing. I mean, yeah. So, I mean, if you play Collins and captain, you can build whatever you want. Um, yeah. Let's just throw that out there. So that might actually end up being a little bit more popular just because like this slate sets up as like one of those slates where you're, you feel like you're going to want a lot of points and you don't want these punts. But I mean, there's five guys, there's five guys for a Thursday night football game that we need injury news on Metcalf and Henderson, Carson, Higby, Everett, five like big time role players that yeah. play snaps. And like, I mean, so we're going to be waiting here. Uh, if Colin sits, Travis Homer becomes an interesting tournament play that could potentially be like a pass catching third down type of back. So, um, I mean, this is a, this is an interesting Thursday night football game. Um, a lot of stuff going on here. We did have a question over there on, um, Twitter about this game. And then we had a question about Sunday slate. We'll, we'll take them both. Um, let's do this one first. 
What's the better contrarian approach in showdown when a team is splitting running back touches like Seattle lately? Pull, play both running backs in your lineup or just pick one and captain slot him? Hmm. Really good question. I think for me, even if there's a split, I think it depends on um, the volume, right? Like, to me, all splits aren't created equal. Like, there's a 50-50 split, there's a 60-40, there's a 70-30, there's an 80-20. Like, the closer we get to 70-30, the less likely I am, the less likely I am to play both running backs unless the pricing is going to yield us the results. So, um, like, for instance, and I think this is probably the best one that I can think of. And believe it or not, this one is more of an 80-20 split. But I think it's Zeke and Tony Pollard where Zeke's doing well and Tony Pollard is, is doing well. But Tony Pollard's still on the field about 20% of the time, roughly. Um, and Zeke's still on the field more. And Tony Pollard is priced like he's on the field like 40% of the time. And so he's, he's kind of priced out of upside. But, you know, like, like on a slate like this one, if, you know, if Zeke is, you know, uh, let's see what Chris – if Zeke's 6,600 as an example because Chris Carson is 6,600 – and Tony Pollard's 1,200, then it's absolutely more advantageous to squeeze Pollard in there because he's a guy who can get you 10 to 12 points and it absolutely be worth it at, at 1,200 versus getting 10 to 12 at 7,200, 7,600, which is what I think he was in the last showdown slate. So uh, I, I know that didn't quite answer it exactly, but I, I don't think all splits are created equal. I think you, you try to play it more so – how close are we getting to a, an even split? And then the further away we get away from an even split, the more we look at the salaries and, and say, okay, the lead guy is the lead guy. I must always line up HQ for showdown slates, limit one running back max per team. Now, I will say Monday Night Football game, I built a couple of hedge teams because I always build hedge teams. I talked about this for years. Um, I mean, since I started doing the podcast and talking five days a week, I've been talking about hedge teams. So uh, my, my highest scoring showdown for Monday Night Football was a hedge team. It had Eckler at captain, and it had Roundtree. And Roundtree wasn't expensive. He was like some ridiculous price. And it was able to like fit in some other things that, you know, really worked out. But, I mean, it was just a price thing. It was like, yeah. I mean, do I really want to play both running backs? No, that's why it was a hedge team. But, I mean, Roundtree got enough work that, like, every time he would get a four-yard carry, I'd jump 500 spots because he was 1.7 or 7% owned or something. I can't even remember off the top of my head. But, I mean, I don't want to play both running backs um, together. Hardly ever. Yeah. But I will build some hedge teams. Um, and, and, like, for instance, this Seattle game, if Carson sits, I mean, you could potentially play both of these guys together. Homer's yeah. 1K, Collins is 3.2K, 4.2K. I mean, like, you're going to need something like that if you're trying to captain Cooper Cup. Um, so, I mean, I think it all depends on slate. It depends on the team, and it depends on pricing. Um, so, like you said, nothing is nothing is always the same um, with these showdown slates. you got to approach them every slate differently. I mean, showdown is fun, and... I used to be super against it. Any longtime listeners know that like when showdown came out, I hated it. <laughs> I hated it, but I mean, it's fun. There's all kinds of strategies and stuff in it and roster construction is huge. And I feel like roster construction is still where like some of the DFS edge is. Um, 
So, all right. Uh, while we're talking Thursday Night Football, let's pull up Prize Picks. If you guys haven't checked out Prize Picks, make sure you head on over there. Use the promo code Grinders. Um, I mean, we always have fun stuff going on with Prize Picks as far as like right now. If you sign up using promo code Grinders, you get a hundred percent match up to a hundred bucks. <laughs> sign me up, Will. Yes, <laughs> sign me up. Free money is free money. Heck yeah. All right. Let's look Thursday night football. We got all kinds of stuff going on. I mean, we got some we got some props up, um, some fantasy scores up for Thursday night football for some single stat fantasy points. So I mean, we got Stafford at 299 and a half passing yards and Russ Wilson at 275 and a half passing yards. Um, I mean, generally. I like looking at passing props. Um, I mean, Russ has hit that two out of four games this season, which, I mean, 50% odds isn't terrible. And then Stafford's hit that two out of four games this season. So, I mean, they're kind of both right in that range. Um, either one of these stand out to you? Or are you looking elsewhere? Uh, I think in my mind, and, and this is something else that Prize Picks has done, Stevie, so I think this is kind of cool. They have increased – the uh, the earnings payout depending on for same game correlations, right? I, I think because of the game situation, I like the Russell Wilson under. I mean, I like the Russell Wilson over, but I do think there's a world where if Chris Carson is out, I think I like a little bit more. Yeah, I like the I, if Chris Carson, I like a little bit more. But a world where you can take the Russell Wilson under and correlate that with the Stafford over. And believe it or not, instead, even in your flex play, Steve, even in your flex play, you're getting 2.25x even without locking it in rather than the traditional two. And then if you go the power route, instead of getting 3x, you're getting 4x, right? If you can kind of correlate. And then as you move up the chain, well, you go to receiving yards, you say, okay, we got Cooper Cup at 84. We've got uh, Woods at 80, 58. And let's say, you know, as an example, we're just building here, and I'm going to come back to it, just trying to demonstrate the, the idea. You say, well, DK Metcalf is hurt. Let's just bank on him being a decoy, and let's take the under on him as well, right? And then you take, let's say, Robert Woods, and you take the over. And now if you're playing a power play, as an example – um, or flex, flex, you're getting 6.5x, and the power play, you're getting 12.5x. So these are all the little extra nuances that Prize Picks has added in, and I think it's fantastic, and you need to know that. So that's one in this particular game I really would be interested in. Like, if, okay, they say, well, DK's going to play, but he's limited. Maybe he's out there just kind of running, won't catch as many passes possibly. Let's say, okay, we take the under on DK, because maybe they'll put Ramsey on him anyway and let him follow him around a little bit. Under on Russell Wilson passing yards, but you take the over on Stafford and the over on Robert Woods. Uh, and that way that'll get you a six and a half payout in the flex portion and a 12.5 X payout in the power play portion. So if you're feeling really froggy, what I would say is this uh, power play for lower amounts, flex play, for your main amounts until you get your bankroll where you want it on the site. Um, so, yeah, but I think it, that's, I just want to demonstrate that all in all for me, 
I, I think this is, you know, a game of fireworks. And so I, I do like Matthew Stafford over and Russell Wilson over in a vacuum um, because I think they'll have to try to keep up with each other. If they're going to they're going to make some noise here on Thursday night. Short week defenses can't prepare the same. So should be able to should, should be able to score the ball. Yeah, I like Cooper Cup. Um, I mean, I like over 84 and a half receding yards, but I also like over seven catches. Um, so, yeah, I'll, I'll probably be mixed matching those two um, for a good, good amount here. Um, it's probably my one of my favorite ones. I mean, what's interesting here is you could take a little bit of risk and I mean, lock in Tyler Lockett at like 66 and a half over 66 and a half receiving and hope Metcalf doesn't play. And I mean, it's going to go way up if, if Metcalf gets ruled out. Um, so, I mean, that's, you know, somewhat, that's some somewhat interesting. Um, I don't typically, do you like doing like the, the over under on like touchdowns and stuff? I don't, I don't typically will do like over under on touchdowns. Um, yeah, I, I don't really bother those. Um, Unless it's a guy like Derrick Henry. Yeah. Oh, like yeah. If they give yeah. Derrick Henry a half a touchdown. Like, I'm probably just, I think you're going to come out ahead, like percentage wise. If you just take the over every time, like, because he's probably going to hit that, I would say, Stevie, 70% of the time. They get anywhere inside the goal line, they're giving it to him. So, a uh, guy like him, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I like that. And then I do like touchdowns in terms of, uh, passing touchdowns for guys like Mahomes like typically like like typically Mahomes will come out at two and a half and so I don't mind taking the overs on him at two and a half a lot of the times um some guys will come in at one and a half like Kyler Murray I don't mind taking you know the over on that for passing touchdowns because they they got a, a really good touchdown equity with you know receivers on their team but all in all I try to I try to avoid it like so D- Henderson and Carson I'm just not going to touch them at all all right. Um, let's say let's let's go for a two for two NFL Thursday night football. Um, give me give me your favorite. I'll give my favorite, and we'll we'll lock in a two for two here. Um, what do you got for me? Yeah, I think as it stands right now, um, my favorite would probably be Russell Wilson over two seventy five and a half. Like as it stands right this minute. All right, we're gonna do a two for two. I'm gonna do a flex play today. We're gonna do a flex play. We're just gonna we're not gonna go, we're not gonna try to go big money. We're gonna try to go two X. And if we if we only hit one or two, I like this too. I mean, you're you're returning half of your money. You're still working on trying to build that bankroll. Um, I'm gonna go over 84 and a half uh receiving yards for Cooper Cup. Gonna lock in this two for two flex play. Um, I think this one's super strong. I'm with Will. I like the Wilson call. Uh, there's the morning grind, two for two flex, and uh, we're just trying to go two x on this one. So I like that one. Uh, Will, before we move on for prize picks, we did have one more question. We'll answer that after prize picks. But let's talk a little disc golf. I mean, we got the United States oh, disc man. golf. We got the United States disc golf championship this week. It starts on Wednesday. It goes till Saturday. It's one of the hardest tournaments and i've been watching practice rounds um and i mean i'm liking some of these prize picks i like some of these overs i like some of these unders i hadn't looked at them 
until we right before we got started and there's a couple of them that like instantly stood out to me um chris dickerson he's at 60 strokes right now take a pound in the under on that one um chris dickerson is an amazing form right now three of his four rounds last year at the usdgc he shot under 60 um so i'm going chris dickerson under i'm gonna do a five for five here for the people will because it's disc golf and i love trying to get these five for fives um one of my favorite things to do <laughs> um calvin, i'm gonna take calvin heinberg he is his putting woes seem like they're starting to even out he looked really good um and he went under 60 in three of four rounds last year so i'm gonna go under chris dickerson under calvin heinberg i will recap this at the end um for people because i know they'll want to hear it I'm actually going to take an over here. Um, this guy is really good, and I could eat my words on this one. And, I mean, it might happen. But I'm going to go over. Oh, it it moved since we had looked. Um, hold on. I don't like it as much now. We're, all right. We're going to go. I have two more that I like. We're going to go under on Brody Smith. Young. I mean, Brody Smith. Everyone knows Brody Smith. He's a trick shot master. A uh, huge personality on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram. He needs to shoot one down. I've watched three practice rounds with him. I love the content that Foundation Disc Golf puts out. If you're into disc golf, check them out. They're, they do awesome content. I've watched three practice rounds with him this week and prepping for this course. This, is, this course is meant for him. He can throw long and he can throw straight. So this course is a course that he should be able to do really well at. Um Let's see. There's some stuff. Oh, I got one here. We're going to take the under. I'm a boy. Um, University of Florida, Garrett Gurthy. Uh, he's at 62 and a half over there. Gurthy is someone that always plays well the first couple rounds of a tournament and then like seems to really fall off at the end of the tournaments. But this guy bombs and you have to be able to throw long on like three or four of these holes where he's going to have like eagle opportunities where other people are going to have birdie opportunities. So really like Garrett Gurthy. I mean, he might have one or two bad holes, but I mean, we don't need him to go crazy. We need him to shoot four under. He was able to do that a few times last season. So um, at the USDGC now with disc golf, you have to take an over, you can't take five unders. Um, and this is, this is always like the tougher ones to try to figure out on who you want to take over. Um, one more under that I like really quick before we move into the over. I'm not, this can't obviously be one of our flex plays because we can't have five unders, but I like Simon Lazat's under his scores last season were terrible at USDGC. He had an issue with his elbow and like he was out six months after USDGC last season and he is back. He's playing fantastic. He should have no problem shooting four down, um, this weekend. So, I'm going to take the uh, the under on Simon Lazat as well. I'm going to mix these in um, as well. One more, my over. This one's tough. Overs are always so tough. Um, I mean, it's... I want to say Ricky Wysocki over. He is just such good form right now. Like, how do you take a guy that's just absolutely lighting it up and, and say over? He always seems to play bad at USDGC from, you know, looking into like his stats and stuff. So I'm actually not going to take him as much as I want to. Um, 
I mean, overs are always so tough, Will. Yeah. Um, I think I think I have to go. Man, I think I have to go Kevin Jones. It's so scary to go over on Kevin Jones because he is so good, but he's only broke 61 time out of his last eight tournament rounds at USDGC. Um, so I'm just going to play the odds here and hope um, that he's just not putting well because this dude, this throw, this guy has a cannon. He throws really far. Um, I mean, all these guys on pro throw really far. So that's my five for five flex play for disc golf. I'm going to throw 25 bucks on it. Um, I don't go crazy with the flex plays like Mr. Will does with his hundred dollar um, CS go five for fives that he's always tweeting well, out. Um, so, and I'm, I'm usually mixing and matching. I mean, I, I, I listen, I don't post everything, trust me, but I'll probably have like four or five, five for five flex plays at 25 bucks a piece. And all I got to do is hit one. Um, so uh, so that's what I ended up on. Chris Dickerson under, Calvin Heinberg under, Brody Smith under, Garrett Gersey under, Kevin Jones over. Like I said, I like Simon Lazat under. Um, Paul Uliberry is really close. Ezra, you don't really need a lot from Ezra. He can throw really far. It just, I mean, this course, if you're into disc golf, this course is so crazy because there's so many out-of-bounds lines so close to baskets that, you have to have such good touch. And like, I always, always take the under on Paul Macbeth and Ricky Wysocki and Eagle McMahon. Cause they're the three best players in the world. It's just, yes. this course is just so tough. Um, that, I mean, I'm trying to find as many odds as I can, like Brody Smith. Do I really want to play a guy that's not ranked in the top 50? I mean, I like him. I like his content, but I mean, I just need him to shoot one down. It's his first USDGC. Maybe there's some nerves, <laughs> but I need him to shoot one down. And I mean, I, I watch, I mean, he's, he's, he's on it. I'm hoping that like this course sets up really well for him. Um, the hardest, one of the hardest holes in disc golf is USDGC hole 17. It's like TPC sawgrass with water, but mm -hmm. they don't have water in front of the basket. So it's grass, but they have these hay barrels and Ooh. so it's an island green though there's water behind it and you got to land inside the hay barrels not ob and what's crazy yeah. about it is if you're short or long you have to rethrow the shot oh so gosh. like just like in golf so if i throw short or long i'm throwing my third shot if i throw short or long again i'm throwing my fifth shot you can't walk down and get the disc you have to throw a different disc in your bag and I mean, if if you guys are wanting some fun, I mean, I wouldn't even say it's fun entertainment, but go look up Johnny McRae at the USDGC. I think he threw seven shots on on seventeen and went from leading the tournament to finishing like third or fourth. Um, so that's why you see like some seriously crazy rounds um, out there. I mean, I think it was Eagle McMahon shot like a 71 after like shooting in the fifties, the first two days last year. So it's crazy. Anyway, that's what I got for disc golf. Uh, we got one more question and then we're going to get out of here. Let's go over this one. Will. this is just a general football question. And I get this question so much and it's one of my favorite things to talk about. It's can you go over using the upcoming week, how many you would approach in a high stakes single entry tournament versus a 20 entry max, how I would, how we would approach it. 
Um, if you approach on your approach to like three entry maxes and do you single enter those three entry maxes? I'm going to touch on that one really quick and then I'll let you give your thoughts. If you're not going to max a three entry max, play a single entry tournament. I, I mean, that is that is basic advice, but I feel like that advice goes a long way. There's so many single entry tournaments on FanDuel, DraftKings, other sites, Yahoo, Superdraft. I mean, you can go play underdog and and get one-on-one contests i mean listen if you're gonna throw a single bullet into something throw it into a single entry unless you're just playing for pure entertainment do not throw a single bullet into the millionaire maker the odds of you winning that are so slim it's ridiculous even cashing in it go play the there's there's probably a 20 dollars. i know DraftKings has an awesome $27 single entry tournament. Go play that. Play $7 extra. Go play that. Um, so that's my first advice um, when it comes to don't throw a three entry, one bullet into a three entry max. Um, would you agree, Will? Like, we're not, you're not recommending that either, right? No, 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 no. Not, not at all. Um, you know, it's, Single entry is designed, especially for football. Like football, the contests are so big. Like their contests, you can win a hundred k in a single entry contest. DB, now it's a little bit higher stakes, but still, like the, this is this, these are real dollars here. Um, so I'm with you, man. You know, always, always, if you're just running one, load up on single entry. Um, you like Stevie said. Now, now here's where I think we may differ a little bit. If I am just running one, I am going to throw it in that $20 milli because I just hate to hit the nuts. <laughs> I just mentally, I just, it, it, it would crush me. But, uh, but, but, but I think if you're going to do that, maybe try to hop in a little higher stakes milli rather than the $20 one. It's very unlikely I'm going to win. Uh, but still, I just, I have, I have to at least put it in there. Do you know, like, I, I don't play the Millie Maker. Um, yeah, that, that, there's like, a lot of guys that don't, yeah. I don't even get mad. Like, I, I, I obviously haven't hit the nuts. This week I was really close to having a monster week. I talked about it on the podcast on Monday. I don't think I texted you about it, Will. Um, I had a I had a football team on, on Sunday that going in, going into the afternoon games, I was leading a lot of tournaments on FanDuel. Um it was a team that had Tyree kill. It had McLaurin. It had Cordell Patterson. Like it was, it was off to the races and it had two spots left. And I was like, I'm not going to change my original thoughts. I had Higby and Hopkins at tight end and wide receiver to run each other back. Uh, the lineup construction was still really good. I had thought about going Metcalf, Noah Fant, and I would have won a lot more money if I did that, but still not mad about my decision, but I was on one and uh, it just happens. But anyway, um, <laughs> as far as like a 20 entry max tournament, my process for 20 entry max is I load up lineup HQ. Um, I pick like two, two to four typically game stacks um, that I like. And I will go through and group out the correct correlations and stuff. Um, and I mean, like if you're using lineup HQ and you're trying to do it in five minutes for football, you're not doing it right. Um, there's a lot that you can do Saturday and, and even Friday, as far as like grouping your correlations, um, before you get injury news and need to adjust like percentages that you want to play of people, 
you can start doing your groupings and stuff way early. You don't have to wait until Sunday morning to do that, but you should be using groups and correlation. Uh, but yeah, for 20 inch max, I will typically, um, I'll typically pick like two to four stacks that I really like and just kind of build around those stacks. And I mean, the 20 entry max tournament on drafting is one of the best tournaments out there. I've talked about this for years. It pays 25% of the field. Top 10 is less than 15%. You're playing for 60 bucks and you're getting a chance at a hundred grand. Um, I mean, there's not many other tournaments that you're going to see that granted you're playing against over, a, <laughs> over 500,000 people. Yes. Um, so you got to hit the nuts, but I mean, Listen, that's where I get my entertainment. I do some crazy stacks. Um, I try to hit the nuts in that tournament, Will. Um, so, I mean, that's how I kind of approach the 20-entry max. Do you do you dabble in 20-entry maxes or anything like that anymore? Yeah, for sure. I mean, especially on, on DK where that $3 play action is, I mean, I like it. It's you the know best what tournament I mean? in DFS. Yeah, so... You know, like, for instance, you know, last week I was saying, hey, I was going to lock in Derrick Henry and Travis Kelsey, and it quite, quite work out. But, you know, that's the kind of the idea for me when I'm when I'm in those tournaments. And I'm not always going to lock a guy in, but I did feel like Derrick Henry was kind of lock button worthy this past week. So those are kind of some of the edges I try to get in those type tournaments where, you know, if I feel like it's the best play, I know it's high variance, I'm willing to take on that risk for the reward of getting to the top. So um, th that's what I do. And then what I try to do as well in, in, in 20 entry max is even in 150, I don't play a lot of quarterbacks in 20 entry max. I'm probably getting down to maybe three. Like I don't, I don't yep. try to spread it too thin because I, you know, I'm, I'm losing upside because I can't, I can't capture everything I would like. Yeah. I was always max my quarterbacks out at like four and just stack around those guys. And I try to hit on those yeah. and like, for instance, like, um, you know, you were talking about Derrick Henry, like in a 20 entry max, if you're not going overweight, you might as well fade um, because, I mean, you're you're really just kind of hoping like that player does absolutely stellar or you hope he busts and you gain 30 percent of the field. Um, so, yeah. I mean, you just kind of take some risks on the 20 entry max. Now, the other part of the question, this was a three part question. Great question, Jay um over there on twitter how would you approach a high stakes single entry tournament well first of all everybody's high stakes is different um you know if you're a low bankroll player your high stakes you know tournament might be a 20 dollar. did devers do it did it go oh sorry um i thought devers had a three-run homer there i was about to get super excited um yeah. I mean, so like if you're a low bankroll player, your single entry high stakes might be like a 50. Um, some is a hundred. I mean, there's single entry tournaments now that are like five grand. Um, they call them, you know, nosebleed and thunderdomes for a reason. Cause like most people don't have the bankroll and, and I mean, to do that kind of stuff. So, I mean, in most single entry tournaments over a hundred dollars, we'll, we'll go with the hundred dollar mark. I try to build a very, I wouldn't even say safe, but I try to build around like good plays with a couple lower owned plays. Um, and that's kind of how I approach the high dollar single entry. And I do that even in lower dollars, the lower dollar single entry tournaments. Cause I mean, I love single entry tournaments. I'm not a 150 guy, especially anymore. Um, I did it for NASCAR this past weekend. I was like, man, 
I really don't miss doing that. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I do it in NASCAR from time to time when I think there's a good edge. Um, but I mean, I really have kind of changed my DFS game to playing three entry max, playing single entry, and it's really worked for me. And I mean, I'm just going to keep rolling with it, Will. Yeah, man, for sure. Um, you know, kind of the same thing with me, which, you know, I'm, I'm still, you know, playing traditional DFS, but. You know, I, I found an edge on prize picks and looking at props and stuff like that. And, you know, you just got to decide one day, hey, man, what, what's what's working for you? Not that traditional DFS what isn't working, but, you know, I, I, and I also really enjoy, you know, what's happening over here in the prop game. And so I kind of migrated my DFS plates to a lot of that. And, you know, don't be afraid to uh, to do that. I mean, I guess this is a little bonus footage, but um, this is something Steve and I talked about. You know, you can't get caught up in your RG ranking, you know, get caught up in what's going in that bank account. And and the minute you, you figure that out, uh, man, you'll have you, your, your role will be totally different. Do what works for you. And what is the least amount of stress for you? Um, that is what I got. That is it yeah. for Wednesday. We've all over the place on this podcast. It's been fun. Um, we will have the. Week five morning grind breakdown podcast. Um, tomorrow's podcast, Thursday. Friday's podcast, um, bringing on Eister, um, 819 Keith, and we're going to talk uh, playoff baseball. I think there's a four game slate on Friday. So hope everyone enjoyed. It's always fun talking sports just in general, hanging out with Will. Good luck, everyone. We'll see you guys again Thursday.